A queen is a great way to think about the energy of being calm, kind, and firm. And as I say the word queen, all the vertebrae in my back stack up and it's almost like I'm pulling a string up and I feel a little more regal and royal. And unfortunately, a lot of us have other metaphors with our posture, like the beggar, you know, please, please don't touch that. Can you just for once be quiet while I'm on a call? Oh no, don't get upset. Here, here, take this. So when we parent out of a fear of a mm -hmm, tantrum, yeah. we're kind of in that beggar posture. Welcome to Mom Strength, a podcast and movement to empower, educate, and showcase mom strength inside and out. I'm your host, Surabhi Veach physiotherapist and fitness coach, also known as The Passionate Physio. Join me for discussions on movement, mindset, and motherhood, where we raise the bar and challenge the status quo. Get ready for expert interviews and real, honest conversations where we explore physical, mental, and emotional health. Let's celebrate the beautiful diversity and common experiences in all of our journeys. Let's do this. Hey friends, I'm very excited today to introduce you to one of my Instagram besties, Mary Van Geffen. Mary and I met through actually doing the Instagram intensive back in January of 2021 um, with the Movement Maestro and Mary and I instantaneously connected and Mary has the most amazing parenting tips on social media and you really do have to follow her. Let me actually introduce you to her um, officially so you kind of know what she's about and um, who she is. Mary is an international parenting coach for overwhelmed moms of strong-willed and spicy children. Based in Southern California, Mary helps moms over the phone or on FaceTime gain confidence to choose gentle, respectful parenting, especially if they weren't raised that way. She has a ministry on Instagram where she posts an inspiring parenting tip every single day. And let me tell you, those tips are amazing. Just reading her social media will help you delight in your child and remember that you are enough. Mary believes that when a mom realizes how hard she is on herself and cracks the door open for some self-compassion, her entire family is bathed in light. Mary is a certified simplicity parenting counselor and professional co-active coach. Her greatest achievement, however, is cultivating a calm, kind, and firm relationship with her spirited go-getter daughter, now 16, and polar opposite introverted son, 14, and unenagrammable hubby. <laughs> Let's please welcome Mary. Hi. It's good to be here, Sarah I'm so excited you're here. I'm so, thank you so much for joining me. Um, why don't I start by just asking you to share a little bit about yourself and your journey and how you got to where you are today. Mm, how did I become a parenting coach? Um, well, basically I had a really hard to control, um, intense spirited child and my journey of parenting and being a mom was not looking like what I thought it was supposed to look like. And right around three, I began to try and diagnose her with something because I was like, this, it can't be me. We're, we're having these big combustions and 
Um, it feels so personal. And I think this child, we just need to know what the diagnosis is. So um, it ended up taking her to a play therapist. She went once, she went twice. And the woman said, would you mind coming back next week? And I thought, oh, okay. So you can tell me what a disaster we have here. And we can we can brainstorm about how to fix this kid. <laughs> and then I ended yeah. up going myself for 18 months. And so wow. I have learned sort of school of hard knocks, the work we have to do on ourself and maybe some childhood wounding and appreciating kind of um, our limitations and growing ourselves in the service of a strong-willed or a spicy child. Um, I, If my son would have come first, who's sort of easygoing, um, he'll do what, what he's compliant, then I, um, I just, it would have been even harder, I think, because I would have been so calcified and thinking, oh, you just ask them to do something and they do it. That's not the right. case. So um, I just started reading everything I could. And I then got interested in, in Simple City Parenting, where I became a counselor. But it, it ended up that when I would coach parents, mostly moms, there was something a little bit missing with just the simplicity parenting, which is kind of about like simplifying your environment and simplifying your rituals and your routines and less on the calendar. And that's all well and good. And it is right. very healing, but there's a lot um, of internal work and like mind shift, like the story we tell about our children, like, oh, they're killing me or they're too much. And the story we tell about ourselves, I'm failing at this. I'm not doing it right completely color the way we show up in our family. And so, so much of parenting is leadership. So I've taken a lot of leadership courses. I have an MBA, I have blah, blah, blah. Don't make me start I'm telling you how I'm so great. <laughs> My point being is I've been in the trenches. I've raised to 16, a spirited, strong-willed child. And she is amazing. She's like an amazing human being. And for a long time, I was trying to make her wrong. And so I want to help other moms that are in that same case. That's amazing. I think a lot of us, I have a three-year-old myself who is highly spirited. So when I hear you talk, I can, I can just imagine myself thinking some of these things. And I think many parents, many moms can. So how can the average mom out there be the mom that she wants to be? What are, the, what are some tools that you have that can help that mom succeed and excel? Mm. Well, some of it is like so custom. It's funny. Sometimes a mom and dad will show up on a coaching call with me and I'll say, I'm so sorry, but one of you has to go choose who wants to take the lead because parenting is so personal. It really has to do with how you were raised, what you're trying to um, recreate from your childhood and what you want nothing to do with, but maybe don't have the skills. So I'm just going to give that caveat that it's kind of customized to also, what are your values? What's most important to you? What would a successful parenting journey look like. That said, there are some like universal things that help. And I'm very focused on us embodying motherhood. So embodying motherhood for me is about like, we have so much resources from the neck down that we don't really um, think about when we're in a parenting jam. And so I want to give like some strategies today of how to get out of that stressed out brain and into the wisdom of your body all the the knowing that you have here. I mean, you probably know this, that the same neurons that encase the brain are also encasing the heart. 
They're also all around your gut. And there is more packets of information traveling up the vagus nerve to the brain than the opposite. So there's lots to know down here. And so I'm going to, I want to talk about four ways we can embody motherhood. Presence in our body. Um, number two is the posture in your parenting. Three is the phase of your cycle. And the fourth is proximity limit setting. And I just made them all P's so I could remember them. I wish I could have figured out. I was going to say, I love the sound of that too. (laughs) The four P's of parenting, right? Right. Of embodying motherhood. Yes. So, you know, your first first point, how, how do you find presence in your body, especially when you are feeling that stress or that stressful situation with your child? Mm, it's a practice, right? Um, and it's the key because any great discipline, any great parenting starts with self-regulation. We have to be the calmest person in the room. And we can't teach anything when we're when we're feeling stress, except for sort of fear and anger. That's what comes across. And that really mm. sort of shuts down the brain and our child from learning. So how do we get presence in our body? By constantly practicing interoception. Interoception is just the noticing of what's happening inside our body. And so that means getting out of our head. And in fact, I'd love to teach your listeners right now a one minute meditation that is perfect for moms. Would you be willing to do that with me? Amazing. That sounds awesome. I'm I'm totally down. All right, ladies. So go ahead and put both your hands up. Um, Set down anything you might be holding. And I need you for one minute to focus on the sensation of dragging your fingertips across the palm and fingertips of your other hand. And you can go back and forth, go a little slower than you'd like, and bring all of your attention to just the sensation of skin dragging under skin. Some thoughts and judgments are going to come up. Let them float right back away and choose instead to stay in this sensation of skin, ridges, and wrinkles. You can move along and touch your wrists as well or just stay with the hands. Other thoughts and judgments are going to come up and we recommand our brain to come back to just the sensation of fingertips running along skin. Take a few breaths here, continually coming back to the sensation, and we're done. That was under a minute, and that is one way to pause and get into your body. And after doing that, and I recommend that moms do that at least twice a day, what that does is it's building a bridge from the back of your brain to the front of your brain where you're most sentient and rational, right? Um, And allowing you to jump from, oh, I'm triggered, back into your calm self quicker. So every time you do this, even the failing, but the still doing it is building gray matter we could see in an MRI. And when you do that, yeah, it is pretty amazing that like all, it's all here for us. And sometimes it feels like, oh no, the answers are out there, but really it's in us slowing down and coming here because your body makes decisions like 400 times faster than your brain. And those decisions are not always rational or even truthful. 
but we got to pay attention to them because sometimes I'll finish this meditation and then I'll be like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize I have to pee so badly right now. <laughs> and I've been holding it in like I'm not worth going to the toilet. And that might be the first thing I do is take care of my body before kind of interacting with a conflict or a problem with my child. And I love that you also said that, you know, even if it didn't go necessarily the way you wanted, just practicing that over and over builds that bridge and that habit. And I think that's really important for moms to hear is that you mm-hmm. haven't failed just because that day it didn't go according to your plans. That practicing this is one easy and I love that that minute flew by. I didn't think that that was a minute. You know, I, you know, it just felt like that was really kind of a calming way to connect with your own body. Yeah. And I kind of like each mom is so unique in their body. Like we all have such different nervous systems that I like to figure out like an energy signature for when you start to feel major emotions. Like a lot of times the reason we're yelling or um, not being our best self is because we didn't notice all the cues coming up in our body. And so when we're bringing presence, we can notice oh, wow, I, I am irritated. So what's going on? Let me slow down and figure this out and sort of harness that intelligence and notice the physicality. And you might even ask yourself, like, what's happening in my belly right now? Oh, wow, it's geared up for battle. Is that the stance, the posture I want to have with my child? Or do I want to go ahead and soften the belly, maybe unclench the hands? So I'm just encouraging moms several times a day to check in what's happening in my body. Am I hungry and I'm waiting to seagull the crusts off my kid's snack? No, I'm deserving of my own snack, right? Because <laughs> it's true. We go hours without eating and tending to everyone else. And I I notice personally, if I'm feeling um, like my patience is wearing thin, it's usually because I haven't done a good job of eating regularly drinking enough water and that going to the bathroom example makes me laugh because it's so true you're out with your kids you're doing something or the other and simple things like your bodily needs gets ignored and that can that alone can create these sensations in our body where we're feeling um, just riled up yeah and I want to add to that that sometimes when we're getting angry we think well I just need to stop being angry but our body needs to move like just like we need to eat and and you were saying have to have to go to the bathroom when we're feeling anger and hot and heat we need to like and you're so good at this you you can you can tell us how but like just swinging your arms out to the side and taking up as much space and doing some jumping jacks or going down to the ground and doing a roly poly and your kids like what are you doing i'm getting out this anger because emotion needs motion to move out nice i love that and i I use that strategy for building energy, but I love using that movement as well to release that kind of pent up energy. So we have a mini trampoline at home and it has been the best thing because I will just get up and do jumps without realizing why I'm even doing it. And I notice that it is when I'm kind of just feeling like antsy or just like, like, I don't know what's going on with my day. Things are just kind of out of control. And I'm like, you know what? I just without even noticing, I'll catch myself jumping on the It's like your trampoline. anxiety device. You should take it with you to the airport. It is. It absolutely is. I'm going to bring my portable device because yeah. I need it. 
<laughs> but it's true, right? It's simple. You know, jumping jacks are a great idea. Squats, you know, if you're sitting at your desk and you're feeling like that tension rise up as your kids are kind of bugging you from the side mm. for something or the other, get up and do 10 squats. It's just something to get your body moving. Can I teach you one more thing to do in your body that if, when you're feeling frustrated? Oh, yes. This is please. called the VU, as in V as in Victor, U. And think of a lighthouse, but you basically want to make the sound of VU while vibrating as much as you can in your chest and in your back. And like, think of how like a lighthouse would make the sound. So it's like this. And it's a lot like sort of that you chant in the in the, in the end of yoga or um, what it does is it just vibrates yeah. that vagus nerve and soothe it's like a it's like taking a drug for relaxing so your kids are going to be like wait i just spilled milk all over and now you're making weird <laughs> sounds that's okay that's better than yelling at them for spilling something <laughs> and hey it might give them that strategy too so when they're you know angry at their peers or something that they realize that there's other ways to self-regulate because you're so right we weren't taught these strategies in many of our homes and we grew up at a time where parenting had a different approach and you know things are evolving and things are changing and we're re realizing that those old ways of disciplining you know not to discipline is bad but the other ways of disciplining and punishment didn't work uh, I'm going to try that. <laughs> Keep going, girl. More <laughs> rattle. More rattle. <clears throat> I want to hear it in your belly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Do you feel that, feel listeners? Yeah. That was free. Yeah. I could, I could feel that <laughs> rattle. <laughs> If there's one thing you take away, friends. It's the voo. <laughs> Remember the voo. <laughs> oh, amazing. So we talked about, you know, presence, finding that presence in your body, taking that time a couple times a day at least to just tune in, even when you're not, you know, riled up. So you practice that and you get good at that and you build that bridge in your brain. What about the posture of your parenting? Mm -hmm. Can you tell me a little yeah. bit more so about that? Have you ever ex had an experience where the way you show up to your child's conflict or their upset actually makes something worse? Um, all the <laughs> time. <laughs> like yeah. I, uh, yeah, yeah, so, all the time. I'm an Enneagram 8, if you remember. And so that is one of my struggles mm. for sure. To shut to this thing down. That's what the 8 wants to do. Well, yeah. So thinking about the posture of our parenting is, is, is about being responsible for the emotional energy that we're choosing before we can expect our child to choose a positive emotional energy. So we need to figure out what it looks like in our body to keep it together. And my favorite metaphor for this, my favorite posture is that of a queen. A queen is a great way to think about mm. the energy of being calm, kind, and firm. And as I say the word queen, all the vertebrae in my back stack up and it's almost like I'm pulling a string up and I feel a little more regal and royal. And unfortunately, a lot of us have other metaphors with our posture, like the beggar, 
you know, please, please don't touch that. Can you just for once be quiet while I'm on a call? Oh no, don't get upset. Here, here, take this. So when we parent out of a fear of a mm -hmm, tantrum, yeah. we're kind of in that beggar posture. You can't see me right now, but like my hands are together, like I'm praying and I'm bent over in a C curve, like I'm kind of a, you know, a victim, so to speak. Another posture we choose unconsciously is that of a teenager. And that's kind of like, there's an eye roll, maybe the arms are crossed and it's, uh, what were you thinking? Of course you spilled the milk again. You can't seem to have a, you know, there's a cruelty in that. I'm yep. so over you interrupting my conversations. There's a vibe and we right. go to that because we've seen it modeled. That, I was going to say, I've seen that modeled personally and I feel like I tend mm. to do that and I even catch myself because I'm like, this mm. is stupid. Yeah. This is not good. But I love that you said that you've seen it modeled. So you often repeat it without really taking that time to notice what your posture is like. Yeah, in that or moment. taking the time to remember what it felt like to be on the receiving end of that. Like a, a mom rolling her eyes. Right. It just seems like, oh yeah, I'm just rolling my eyes. But oh, it, it's a little mini disconnect from your child because they are constantly evaluating, am I still in the tribe? Do I still belong? Do I matter? And so there's a lot of responsibility in the posture that we that we carry. The one that I would go to prior to kind of all the work I've done is the monster. And the monster is like, hmm, well, the monster, the monster is like hands in a fist. And it's the thought pattern of, oh, I have every right to unload on you. It's the kind of, now you're going to get it. Or hmm. now you deserve this. And right. I would get to a certain point with my strong-willed, um, defiant meatball. And I would be like, that's it. Like <laughs> almost as if like game on. And that's not a good posture, right? And and I want kind of yes, combative. combative and ready for battle. Yes, yes, and tight tummy, and there's a there's a um, a competitiveness also to it. So instead of thinking of all that, I want right. you to think about practicing finding your queen in your body. She's wise. She's compassionate. By the way, we're talking about a good queen. This is like a benevolent dictator. She certainly doesn't. Uh, <laughs> Not yeah, no, not no, a no. cruel one that you know mm -mm. kills people off. Um, she's one that really cares about her villagers, and she doesn't abdicate her beloved land to the whims of little tyrants or inexperienced princesses. Because she's a leader, she knows what's best for the kingdom. So she doesn't say, "What do you want for breakfast?" She says, "We have oatmeal on Monday." Um, that's important. Zero to seven kids really need to know that. Oh, my mom's got it. She's in control. I, I can relax and be a kid. Another thing is we don't say, are you ready to go to bed? Because guess what? The answer is no, right? Instead, we say, it's bedtime <laughs> in 10 minutes. And and my voice kind of goes like, it's bedtime in 10 minutes. It gets a little more Siri, um, a little more uh, firm. Yes, like factual. yeah. There's no, it's not coming up yeah. at the end in a question. Doesn't get, it's bedtime in 10 minutes? Doesn't right. do that. There's ways that a benevolent queen speaks. She says things like, you may, you may um, put your bottom on the couch, please. Or in our family, we touch mm. the dog gently. So a couple phrases, and I'm, you can't see me, but I'm taking my hand, palms up, like I, and, they're, and I'm sliding them out from, from my core out to the side because she gives commands and they are for the best in the kingdom and she believes that everyone will follow them. And guess what? You get to fake this till you make it. If you're not comfortable mm -hmm. with being the one in charge, now I'm talking to my Enneagram 9s or my Enneagram 2s, um, then you pretend to be this queen 
because there's research that shows that smiling or body posture can shift the way we feel. Um, our brain takes some cues from our body. So standing like a queen with your two feet, um, you know, hip width apart, grounded deep into the earth will give you confidence and calm. So things like our voice too, like the posture of, are we speaking fast and then we got to go? Nah, queens don't have emergencies. Queens know they have all the time in the world because what they say is what will happen. There's also something about how we respond to misbehavior. You know, if a two-year-old goes to slap a monster, the monster says, how dare you? You never hit me. How could you? We make it a whole drama fest, right? But if a queen goes to get slapped, here comes the slap. She holds it with her hand and says, no, thank you. We touch gently. I know you're upset. So we get to choose how we show up. And I'm just encouraging everybody to find the metaphor. Maybe for you, it's not a queen. It's it's a warrior because you're, you're, you're being pushed into a lot of conflict you don't want. Whatever it is, find that archetype and find the posture in your body. I love, love, love that. And I also think that that gives people choice, which can be scary at times because there's a lot of responsibility as a parent, but also you have the choice to make a change. You Just because you've parented a certain way or you've seen it modeled that way doesn't mean you have to continue down that road. So you know, what you said, if you don't feel comfortable yet, fake it till you make it, practice. And, you know, with the open hands, kind of, I pictured it as like passing the platter, right? Like ha having your hand open and saying like, you may sit on the couch because, or, you know, your feet don't go on, in our family, your feet don't go on the table, right? So simple things like that is, and even with that, the way you said it sounded so calm and confident because you're not asking it as a, are we, you know, you're not supposed to put your feet on the table, right? Like that kind of... Um... There's a place for that, right? There's a place for that if you're trying to engage their brain. Like we might say, what's our rule about our feet? Where do we put our mm. feet? And that's actually helping them to go, oh, oh yeah, they go on the floor. Yes, they go on the floor. Thank you so much. So I'm not, a, I'm, I'm not against right. asking so you're questions. Them, yeah. You're teaching. And engaging a part of their brain that okay. sort of goes passive Amazing. when we're telling them versus asking. Right. When they're just listening to a bunch of rules thrown at them and they're not being, they don't feel like they're a part of it as well. Um, amazing. Can you tell me a little bit more about proximity limit setting and what does this mean? Well, this is especially important for young children. So I'm, I'm speaking to like 10 and under. Um, they need every limit to be set with our body if we want the limit to um, stand. So there's a lot of us out there going, I said, hey, get your shoes on while I was down the hall and I can't believe he didn't do it. Well, guess what? They don't do it. That's not age appropriate. So every limit you set, you need to set physically. Oh. Children are so tactical and, and they're learning through touch. So a, a, an easy mnemonic for that is two by two by two. When you give a command or a request, you should be at least two feet close to your child. So I'm not going, hey, come on, oh, you got to wow. clear the table. I'm coming right up to them and saying, it's time to clear the table. So you're two feet within two feet of them. You um, have your two feet planted because what we tend to try to do is multitask. And we do have so many roles and so much we're responsible for. But if I'm grabbing sunscreens and towels and yelling over my shoulder, get your, get your, your bathing suit on, it's not going to happen. 
So what I need to do is stop, bring my right. full attention to that, that limit or that request and say, I'm bringing my fullness to it. It's time to get your bathing suit on. Do you feel the difference there? And the last thing is two eyes. Do you have their two eyes looking at you? Have you connected? Or are you just talking at them and they're in the middle of like, I mean, kids that are into something are like people on mushrooms. They're so in it. They're bringing it to their face and looking all around at their Legos. All they hear is womp, 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 womp. Unless you have said, hey, hi, how are you? I want to talk to you. Oh, I see. Yes. Thank you for looking at me. I want to tell you something. It's time to put your bathing suit on. Now the message has been received. But if we're just like giving them commands without the respect of getting their attention first and connecting, like maybe coming into their world a little bit, like you put the blue on top of the red and then they look it up look up at us with pride and we say, that's wonderful. It's time to get your bathing suit on. You know, so we've, it's, it's coming close and not doing no, no ass parenting. That is like laying on the couch being like, Hey, don't touch your brother. That doesn't work. Um, many of us do it, but you need to get your, <laughs> I was going to say, yep. get your butt up get your off, ass the couch. off the couch. <laughs> and it's not, not in a menacing way. We're not threatening. We're just bringing physical proximity to the to the limit setting. And I think that's something that for me as since I've had a second child, I do that a lot with my fir- my oldest even though she's only 3, I feel like, you know, you know how to put your mm. shoes on. All right, can you put your shoes on? Well, like, you know, and then it doesn't happen and then you're like upset about it and you're like, "Hmm, maybe I just set us up for failure and maybe I should, you know, just try a different strategy." I love that getting close, so 2 by 2, so 2 feet. Um, two feet away, getting that connection, right? Getting that their attention first, looking at them with your two eyes. And they're looking at you. Uh, mm-hmm. Waiting for them to mm-hmm. recognize and look back at you. Um, not multitasking. So your two feet are planted. You're not moving around, mm. making things happen. For our listeners, two by two by two, such a great strategy, especially I can totally resonate now when you've said that. Young children, we often give them more responsibility than they're ready for. And they are very involved in their tasks. You know, my daughter playing with her stuffies, it's like she's in a different world out there, you know. And it would be the same if somebody yelled at me out of the side of their, you know, while they're stepping out. I probably won't remember what they said. And this has happened before. I'm like, I don't remember Mm. you asking me that because it wasn't asked directly to me. So that's that's an amazing point so we've talked about three huge things three p's presence uh, in your body posture of your parenting you know using that archetype of a queen or a warrior or whoever you resonate the most with um, in your parenting and then also proximity limit setting the two by two by two um, rule or guide and I think you also have something on Instagram about that so for those of us those of you listeners who are on Instagram, because Mary has tons of all of these things shown as videos as well, which is helpful. Um, And then I also wanted to ask you what you said about, you know, the phase of your cycle and how does that impact parenting? Because as menstruating people, you know, it impacts us every, you know, Mm. throughout the month. Well, there, uh, this is like my um, little pet project. I love the idea of cyclical parenting. And I came up with that term uh, which is very important to Enneagram fours, if <laughs> that I be unique. Um, very cool. And it's the idea <laughs> that you are constantly changing. You are not the same person four days in a row. 
you, your hormones are doing this beautiful seasonal change throughout a 28 day cycle. Unlike men who are resetting every 24 hours, every 24 hours, that man is the same person in terms of his biochemistry. We are not, we are the same person 28 days later, assuming we're somewhat regular and we're not on the pill. Um, so there is a way to bring empathy and appreciation to the different ways you show up throughout the month. And the very first part is tracking that because there are times when you have immense superpowers that are not available to you at other times. Like for instance, when you first menstruate, when you first begin to bleed, and we'll call that day one of your cycle, you have the most intuition that you're going to have all month long. Both sides of your hemisphere are completely interchanging and talking. And so this is really a time to slow down and allow for journaling and thinking and 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 resting in front of your child and reading and cozy forts. The next phase of your beautiful cycle is the follicular phase. This is the part at you've stopped bleeding, you're working your way up to ovulation, and you are so creative. You're so open to new things. And this shows up in parenting because this is the time to start teaching new behaviors or using um, a lot of the techniques I teach in my cyclical parenting course. This is the time to lay the foundation because you will follow through. You will um, ensure mm. that that child does what they need to do because you have that energy and that stick to And then we hit ovulation. That's day 14 of your cycle. You are now the most magnetic collaborative, communicative. You're just a pleasure to be with and you're pursuing pleasure. So your parenting is different in this phase. Now it's all about special time, um, checking in with them emotionally, playing with them. And then that sort of falls off and you become a different person for the last 10 to 14 days of your cycle. Here, you're really good at decluttering and noticing what's wrong. It might not be the time to have <laughs> like you're, you're not great at words of affirmation during this time. So this is where you really need to practice being the queen mm. and using soft eyes and, um, and that two by two by two. And we can't do all those things all the time. We are, I want to, I want us to have permission um, as, as humans who menstruate to know that we, um, we are predictable in a longer term span, but we are different people each day. And there's certain like in my course, there's like mantras that you hold for that season of your cycle. And there's different self cares that make more sense, like rituals you can have, because how you treat yourself on day four has an impact how you feel on day 26. So it's, it's sort of like a, it's a very seasonal way of caring for ourselves and caring for the people around us. So really important to be cognizant and embrace your cycle and sync up to that. I, I've i never actually heard anyone talk about it this way and it makes so much sense because even with movement and energy levels for exercise, it's going to vary through the month and I would not expect you to do a high intensity workout every day for this, you know, throughout the span of the month. So just like your energy is going to, you know, go up and down through the month, I think your energy in parenting is also going, going to come out differently and I so so love the word you know give yourself that permission to not be showing up the same way every day because I've often thought like oh how come the last time this happened I was so patient and like today I just can't deal with it or it's so much harder 
And that's something that I've never really even thought to track. Um, that's really cool. How do you often recommend people track that? Or, you know, is there something that you use to track? Um, there track is. I came up with this beautiful, well, there's two kind of personalities. One that really likes to like data driven, like have a spreadsheet. And I've created this beautiful spreadsheet that's a part of my cyclical parenting course. But I also hired a graphic artist to create circular mandala that, um, where you can sort of color it in and write your symptoms and on it are each of your superpowers. And so that's a part of my course. Very that, cool. That, by the way, can I give a plug for it? Yeah, absolutely. It starts Please in do. September. Okay. It starts in September. And so Whoa, um, exciting. last time we had 20 ladies and we, we met once a week and just, I took them through each phase of their cycle and how to track it and different parenting techniques to try and different self-care to really focus on for each one. And it was a, like a beautiful time. I love so that. So I hope you'll join us. I just teach it once a year. Amazing. So that's this September and we'll definitely be putting that in the show notes um, as well. You. Awesome. So this was so interesting, educational, informative, and also completely tangible. Like I feel like there's things that you've taught us that we can walk away with and start to put into our practice from the one minute med meditation to find more presence in our bodies to adopting a posture of our parenting that we want to be even though we may feel like the monster that day you know just even changing our posture and using that imagery and visualization of being that calm regal queen I am that that's def definitely something that I'm going to be practicing myself as well and then proximity limit setting. And I think all of my moms with toddlers and young children here can probably relate to this frustration of feeling that, you know, you should know better, but maybe they don't because they just haven't heard you or really felt like you've connected with them when you've, you know, requested or asked them that thing. So that's something else that we can practice using that two by two by two approach. Um, and then lastly, keeping in mind that our phase of your cycle can impact parenting. And Mary has a cyclical parenting course that is run once a year and it's coming back this September. Um, and I, I love your ideas. Honestly, they're revolutionary. I think that this is something that all moms need to know um, because we are not robots. We're not the same every day of the week, every day of the month. And this, our hormones impact us in in every way and I, I love that you're you're incorporating this into your teaching we talked about this you know embodying motherhood and Mary I'd like to ask you when did you find that you came to the point where you felt more confident in your own motherhood experience of your spicy child was it after those 18 months of you know seeing that play therapist um, how long did it take for you to kind of really feel like yeah this is working and this is my relationship with my daughter is going in the direction that I would like. Mm. Has it has it worked yet? That's what I have to ask myself. Um, I, I'm kidding, but you know, <laughs> as soon as you get good at a phase, they go and change. So, right. I think anyone who's right. like, "Oh, I've just got it all handled," um, is either lying to you or lying to themselves. So, I continue to make mistakes. Just this morning, I, I shoved my son because he was in the way of me trying to save a piece of food, the dog was jumping up and he was so offended and hurt. And he put his hand on his chest and he's like, you hurt me, mom. And I was like, oh 
I'm the worst mother. Oh. But it's just my Enneagram 8 part came out. Oh. I was like, out of the way. I'm trying to get this thing. So all that to say. Yeah, you were just concentrating yes. on task at hand, yes. not noticing. So, yeah, I've been there. I, am, yeah. I, don't, I don't know that I've arrived. I think for me, um, middle school was kind of miraculous um, in terms of my kids being that age. Mm. They could really understand. They were they began to contribute more of the conversation. And so elementary school was where it was like, whew, nuts and bolts, got to figure this out. But just as, like I said, just as soon as I felt like I'd figured it out, they went and changed a little bit and there was a new challenge. So it feels a lot like surfing. Right. Not that I've surfed, but I have tried to keep my balance on something. And just when you have your balance, you're like, I've got this. Right. Boom, there's another wave. That's a really, really cool. That's cool to know too, because I feel like sometimes when you see an expert in anything, you know, parenting, physiotherapy, you know, whatever the profession, you you assume that whatever they're doing is perfect all the time and that, you know, it almost puts people on a pedestal like they're too different I could never make it work because they're just a different person but I, you know you're human you are a mom and I love that you show that that's the case you're still also still figuring it out and I think that a lot of um, our listeners can really appreciate that so mm -hmm. thank you for sharing that all right friends now it's time for our final thoughts so Question number one, Mary, what is your favorite book or podcast recommendation? Ooh, right now, I would say for nonfiction, it's a book called Native um, by uh, mm. Curtis, I think is the last name. And it's looking at Christianity through the lens of this author's indigenous heritage and kind of it, encouraging us to embrace both for so long um, indigenous people were told they had to set apart all that was sacred to them. And this is really kind of expanding my understanding of God by no longer thinking that, that, you know, mm. white settlers have a lock on, on it's Christ. One or the yeah. other. So that's been cool. Um, and then fiction, I just read Midnight Library. I totally recommend it. It's about a woman who goes to this like place um, when after trying to commit suicide, where she gets to relive other lives that might have been better if she didn't have these regrets. And she kind of goes and tries each one. And you begin to learn how mindset is so important, but it's a really engaging like fiction. It's wonderful. That sounds really interesting. And do you listen to podcasts? Oh, yes. Less so than I'm not commuting because I, I take all my coaching calls from home. Um, but what I just listened to recently and loved is called Naming the Real and as an R-E-A-L, and it's there's three specific episodes I want to point people to all around good grief. Basically, how do we grieve well? How do we allow for the sadness mm. in life so that we can feel more joy? And that might not appeal to anybody but the Enneagram 4s on this call, but I'm, I'm loving it and realizing I might not grieve as well as I thought I did, so I'm learning a lot. I think grief is something that we often don't talk about, but as new mothers, we grieve so many things. Um, you know, myself, you may grieve certain things that aren't necessarily like losses. Like, you know, you may have not lost somebody, but you may still feel like you've lost your body, you're, you've lost your freedom. So I think that I really love that idea of giving yourself that chance to grieve, um, to make space for more joy. And what I've been finding out is I'm much more comfortable being irritated. Ugh, that's so frustrating, right? I, I can live there all day long, but what I'm trying to open up space for is to feel the sadness of it. Like what's actually sad about that situation? Like, oh, your friend sent you a mean text. Like you can say, oh, I'm so irritated by her, but really I'm sad. I'm sad that 
that I didn't get the support I wanted. I'm good at being sad, so oh, congrats! I'll help you out there. Um, very emotional, you know. Very big highs, very big lows. But I think that I don't live in irritation very long. So that's very interesting that you pointed that out. I have another question. What is your mom's strength? What would you say is your strength as a mom? Hmm. I have a really good WTF, and that stands for watch the face. I can keep a really mm. calm, um, un like you can't read me when my child's like, oh yeah, we went and kicked the neighbor's mailbox over. It was so fun. Or um, this guy grabbed my butt, mom, you know, they can tell me anything and I can keep a really chill face so as to keep the lines of communication open. Right. So non-judgmental, just giving them the opportunity to, to share. That's awesome. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and Mary, what is the best way for listeners to reach you? The best way to reach me is Instagram. I am answering every DM. I am, I've just chosen one social media or else my head will explode. So that's where I am mostly. And everybody who listens to this is welcome to, um, sign up for a free chemistry call to see if we're a good fit for coaching. So we'll work on Amazing. a real issue. So you can, there's a link in my bio on Instagram, or you can go to marybangeffen.com and schedule that. But what I really want you to join is the cyclical parenting course um, to really just start to sync up your parenting and your self-care with the beauty of your cycle. And that is also, um, there's a link in Instagram for that. Perfect. And I will also share all of those links in the show notes um, and everything will also be linked to Mary's Instagram account, her page, um, which I'll also share. So I have two final questions. What are three things that you try to do for yourself every day? And this might vary through your month, through your cycle, but what are three things that you can kind of think of? Hmm. One is I have an elixir, like something I like to drink at every phase of my cycle and the one thing I put in my drink quite often that is pink Himalayan salt. Um, I have like, mm. they call it a soul, um, S-O-L-E. And so I'll just put a tablespoon of this salty water in my um, first glass of water for the day. I also like to add collagen, a scoop of collagen to every coffee I have. I, I mean, that's one, once a day. Um, and then I like to walk barefoot once a day. And so I am the weirdo in my neighborhood walking my dog completely barefoot, stepping over like leaves and and washing my feet when I get home, but I just like connecting to the earth and also just feeling things under my feet. Feeling grounded. Yes. I love that. We don't do that enough here and I live in a big city, so I totally mm -hmm. appreciate how amazing that would feel to be kind of barefoot connecting with the ground, connecting with the earth. Um, and Mary, what's something that you've been into lately that you are super passionate about? Mm, I'm super passionate about my hip belt, which is basically Ooh. a belt I wear that's attached to my dog's harness. And then he can do whatever he dang well pleases. And I can have my yeah. hands free to either be responding on Instagram or just yeah. enjoying the day. I can hold things. Um, and so I guess that's been my, in place of having him be a well-trained dog, I just have him yeah. be pulling at my hip and it's good for my <laughs> core strength. And then I'm going to say that would be a balance workout as well. <laughs> yes, it is. 
Um, and then I'm also into, we just got electric bikes. Um, Ooh, my husband and I splurged fun. and that feels like kind of like our retirement. Um, it's going to be something to look forward to as the kids get older and yep. go to college as we can go cover a lot of ground we couldn't cover um, at our at our fitness level that we're at. And then the last thing is I'm really into tapping. Have you heard of tapping. EFT? Yes, I'm not super familiar, but I have heard about it. So tell me more. Well, I took a, a like a one-day course, but it's something you don't really have to know a lot about, and it's hard to explain why it works, but it does. There's so much research that tapping on all these different pulse points and like, um, you know, whether it's your clavicle or the side of your uh, jaw or between your two eyes, you basically tap all over. There's probably mm. like 12 points while naming a belief you have that's kind of hurtful. And you basically take... Yes, I have you, heard about this. Yeah, I've been doing it um, yeah. with clients that are interested. And they will, moms will come in that have so much guilt and feel bad about how they've shown up. And in a 20-minute tapping session, we can get them to sh like say out loud, I feel guilty because... And then it's like the, the nervous system kind of normalizes. Like it realizes, oh, wow, I can survive even when you say this this big, heavy truth out loud. Hurtful. Yeah. Yes. Very and I can cool. still love and embrace myself. So it's been so powerful. I wish it didn't sound so new agey, not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's, yeah, yeah. It, I'm telling you, it works. I find sometimes with, you know, quote unquote, alternative therapies or techniques, because Western science doesn't completely understand it, it assumes that there's no worth to it or there's no you know that it doesn't work and I find that you know this is the same thing with acupuncture right is you know it's a traditional Chinese technique that's been used for thousands of years and more more commonly now it's um, part of western kind of mainstream care right but it took a while for us to accept it as that because it was too yeah, like different, right? So I love that. I think the tapping thing I have heard about for also with pain, I think, for people with um, yes. persistent or chronic pain. So I think that's where I had previously. Sorry, I'm totally interrupting you, but I watched this one practitioner okay. do it. And what was fascinating is the pain was moving away. Like it started with, I have this really bad headache. So we tapped on the headache and then all, then they're like, how's your head? My head's fine, but now it's my shoulders. Okay. And he kept yeah. tapping and it's like, we chased the pain away. It was such a cool <laughs> thing to witness. That's very cool. And you know what? I think that there, it's amazing that there are these things that exist that because not everyone is going to love one technique. So having more tools in your tool bet tool belt that you can use um, both in your personal you know personal life and in your professional life that's pretty cool so thank you for sharing all of that Mary I loved absolutely loved this chat with you I loved our conversation thank you for sharing your world of knowledge and expertise to help moms out there feel like they can to be the mom that they want to be um, you know, really connect with Mary because she is the all-star. She knows so much, so many strategies and her reels. Honestly, I see myself in some of them, even though I'm a younger mom, I have younger kids, but I can just imagine myself in those situations because I've seen it play out in my life as a kid, right? So 
I think that when you've experienced that as a child, you also know, like, I don't want to be that kind of parent. And if we don't, you know, do something actively about it, we sometimes tend towards those, those same ways that we don't want to be. So Thank you so much for sharing all of that. We are going to sign off today. Thank you so much to our listeners for tuning in. Please like, please share this episode with someone who you know needs to hear this. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Mom Strength and being part of this important conversation. Check out the show notes for more info and links and we'll chat again real soon.